Uh, welcome to Grower and a uh, Greener Keen Eye, folks, on this uh, uh, auspiciously wet day. And I have a guest with me today, and you folks have heard him before. We got David Regal, who's a member of the Garden Club Board of Directors. And David, welcome back to Growing a Greener Keen Eye. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. Glad you're glad you're here with me. Glad I, you're here with I me. I had to give my outboard some exercise. Eh? Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Everybody says, "How'd you get there?" We went backstroke. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, we're going to talk about a few things, and one of the one of the biggest things we're going to talk about is well, it looks like the summer of 2023 is over. Thursday was nice; we hit 70 degrees about half a day yesterday, and now we're back to uh, we're back to the winter of the summer of 23. Uh, it, it's it's uh, getting a little boring, actually, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Although I'd like to like to uh, talk about what to do about. Um, a garden that's being inundated what what do you do about it there's not a whole lot to do i'll tell you what uh and we've talked uh, we've talked before on this on the show and folks uh my garden right now my greenhouse is doing fine but i'll tell you what my outdoor garden is absolutely it's like it's in suspended just animation. Just mud. It just is not doing hmm. anything. I mean, my, my broccoli's coming up. My cauliflower's coming up. Uh, now, I'll tell you what it's doing fantastic is my potatoes. My potatoes are doing, oh, my gosh, they're fantastic. Those are the ones in the bucket. In, in the containers, yeah. I, I put them in the containers. Uh, uh, they're doing great. Uh, and, and amazingly, and they do well up here, but my Hascamp bushes... Oh my gosh! They have grown. They have got more berries on them this year than they've ever had. How do you uh, uh, how do you protect those from the from the birds? You know, uh, some people put bird netting up. Yeah. I don't mess with it. You just lose lose what they want. Yeah, and I typically haven't had too much trouble. Okay. And we we usually get enough each year to make some jelly. Be worthwhile. Yeah, to make it worthwhile, yeah. you know. Yeah. But yeah, they're doing really wonderful this year. Uh, the peas are doing okay. My lettuce is okay. Uh, my my chard and my beets, uh, they're a little bit behind still. Mm-hmm. They're growing, but they're yeah. behind. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, David, I don't know if you heard a show in the past, but I, I told our listeners that I tried an experiment this year. You know, over the years, people, we, we all love those wintertime seed catalogs, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we buy the seeds. Well, I had so many seeds, I decided this year, I'm like, I'm not going to buy any seeds. I'm going to see how the seeds that I have work. What the germination rate is? Right. Are are they going to work? Yeah. Well, I planted three different varieties of radish. Mm-hmm. Only one of them came up. Old seed? Old seed, but okay. they were only one or two years old. Old seed. Interesting. They didn't come up. The bush beans I had had a germination rate of maybe 20%. Mm-hmm. And I did say I wasn't going to buy seeds, but what I did buy, I bought some uh, uh, runner beans. And they're in my greenhouse. They had a 99% germination rate. And they're doing well in the greenhouse, and they're going up the trellis, and I ought to get some good runner beans off of those. But in my greenhouse, everything is hunky-dory. You know, I mean, my onions are forming well. I grew them in the greenhouse. My tomatoes are well. My, My corn is four, four and a half feet tall, starting to grow up and tassel. You know, so it, it sounds like what when you uh, uh, ca- called and said, "How about doing a radio show?" My first thoughts were, 
how do we, you know, how well are we living with the weather changes that we're experiencing on a given year, I suppose, but also how would this change the way you laid out your garden? How would this, you know, knowing that we might be living in a, in, in, in a, a changeable weather condition, let's not call it one direction or another, but it's changing. Um, would you, I mean, my first thought was, I would love to have a greenhouse, but I would attach it to my house. I will make it a part of my home. Um, and is that a reasonable thing? Is that a, a unreasonable thing based on what we have learned on, on gardening in Alaska? Um, now, I know you've got a, you've got a, uh, uh, a, a tunnel, right? Well, no, it's a, it's oh, a greenhouse. Oh, no, you built that. Yeah, I built that okay, greenhouse. Okay, yeah. well, there's my point. If you're doing architecture, if you're adding something, would you ever, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking that Alaskan gardens are going to start looking like Vermont uh, farmhouses where, you know, you milked your cows by, without ever leaving the building. Yeah. And um, is that a reasonable thing to expect? Yeah. And, well, and that's, uh, that, that is one of the things to think about is having your growing area just attached to your house where you get a little maybe a little residual heat from your house well, you, the could, sun. you can go real sophisticated yeah. and do you know a lot of passive heating too but i'm i'm thinking that we don't have to make it difficult for those yeah. homes that are already here but just some redesign yeah and i've told you before back in the 80s i used to i used to do uh, uh energy audits on people's mm -hmm. homes mm -hmm. and we would do a design on what the best place is to put a sunroom in a greenhouse. Right. For, for back back then, it was to provide supplemental heat for the house and to have a place to grow. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, we used to work on that. But yeah, it's one of those things where it's tough. You know, like I said, my greenhouse is doing fine, and and we do have some growers locally who literally uh, they've got heated greenhouses. We've got some folks, and we've got folks that oh man, uh, six weeks ago they were getting baseball-sized tomatoes right you know right but in in the hothouse in the hothouse yeah. and that's and that's one of the things though i've said before is i think that would be fantastic and and it's like anything it's a hobby you like doing it you spend money on your hobbies <laughs> but i i kind of draw the line of paying ten dollars for a tomato yes definitely you know? that but what i uh, we're always dealing with expanding our our growing season uh but i'm saying hey how about adding a room to your house that you could actually enjoy and do your, you know, do some gardening in? Yeah. Uh, that, uh, you know, that, that's in my future. It's right. how, how to add a sunroom that will actually be where I can start seeds and I can do, you know, even with the uh, supplemental lighting. Right. And, um, you, know, uh, you know, one of the things I've seen that some people do that it, it really seems to work pretty good and it's not expensive. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, when you're looking at a hobby, you don't really look at what it costs. No. You know, your hobby is your hobby. It's just like when we lived in Eagle River and up in Anchorage, mm -hmm. and we'd drive down to the Russian to catch three fish. Right. In reality, it would be a lot less expensive to just go buy three salmon. But that's not the idea. That's you, not, the, yeah, that's that's not, not the, the idea. But one of the things I've seen portable greenhouses on the side of a home and you know uh, uh, think back to the old baby buggies that had that awning well, the, that yeah. folded up and yeah. down them. Yeah. well folks have been putting those on their house where they're up against the house mm -hmm. and then they fold down like a baby buggy top mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're plastic and they they warm and, they warm the thing up and mm -hmm. you got the mass of the home 
to provide heat the thermal mass. The um, on on uh, you know nineteenth century farms and nineteenth century gardens, you always had farm animals around available to provide a whole lot of heat in a hothouse, and it wasn't the animals; it was what the animals left behind. Oh yeah, yeah. And and uh, there's some phenomenally cool. Um, uh, designs out, out of brick where you were increasing and we're dealing with uh, you know Icelandic uh, northern England weather similar to ours where they were able to gr- you know grow remarkable well in this case strawberries yeah um, and you know one of our local uh, gardeners the Beesons mm-hmm. uh, they've got a fantastic hothouse it's just wonderful uh, but they've got a high tunnel also mm-hmm. and down at the end of their high tunnel they've got their compost pile there you and go. it provides that supplemental heat to yep. keep the uh, to extend their growing season yep. a little bit all, all for free yes that's, right. that's why when you're talking about the ten dollar tomato there's got to be a good a better answer than no kidding than, no kid. than uh, ask, asking um, uh, you know the co-op to help get us tomatoes that's right by well, spinning uh, the meter a little faster. no kidding no yeah. kidding yeah. well uh, uh dave before we get going uh, too much more on some of this stuff i wanted to make a couple of announcements and one of them is folks if you've driven down k beach if you look at our wonderful food bank that we have here on the peninsula their high their new high tunnel is going up i saw it's that the gothic style uh i stopped off the other day and took a couple pictures to put in the newsletter mm-hmm. and uh uh, it looked like it's going to be ready for the plastic at just about any time. Uh, they they were putting getting ready to put the the garage type door on the one end, right. but it's absolutely beautiful. And uh, so yeah, folks, be sure and take a look at that when you go by. It's a, a nice example of something that isn't ugly, you know. Right. It, it's sort of oh, this is pretty cool. What right. could I do with this? And and my next question is. I suppose it's great to have it done, but it's being done in the middle of a season that they're not, you know, are they ever going to get anything out of that? Well, uh, in the, the, they're all raised beds. They've got raised beds right. in, the, in where their old tunnel was. Yeah. And their, uh, their cauliflower's coming up, their broccoli's coming up. Okay. And I mentioned, I mentioned to our listeners last show uh, on some of the thing, we talked a little bit about some herbs and some things that, you know, you can eat and mm-hmm, use, mm-hmm. but they're kind of invasive. Yeah. Well, one of the things that can be really invasive if you're not careful is chives. Mm-hmm. Well, the chives that they have in the in the uh, the old high tunnel, and they don't have to be in a high tunnel. They'll, they yeah. grow out in the weather. Yeah. It is an absolute massive, massive clump of chives. Mm-hmm. It's incredible how big it is. And then they've got some oregano in there, and that stuff comes back every year. But their high tunnel is looking absolutely and, uh, gorgeous. And it's always fun to watch something go up that you get to see exactly what we're talking about, you know, like what the structure can needs to be. Right. And if you want one, do you want one like that? And well, and so and on. that's what, uh, you know, Sarah and Rupert at Kenai Feed, yeah. they're the ones that are putting that up uh-huh. for them. And uh, the food bank got their, a grant, so they got a Great. grant to put it up. Great. And uh, Sarah at Kenai Feed told me that they've quit selling the Quonset Hut style, ah. and they sell the Gothic style because they shed snow shed, so yep. much better. It's got to be. It's yeah. got to be better. Uh, so that's that's all they're pretty much yep. selling. And now. of course, that's what happened to the old high tunnel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just it it it. Yeah, that was. I, I don't know how many people have driven past uh, when it was. Slumping, right. and it actually but it slumped down. <laughs> it actually collapsed. They yeah. were out there clearing the snow off of it with right. their big rakes, yeah. and they went to pull, and it just 
Whoop, down yep, it went. Yep, yep. Down it went. But anyway, uh, go by the go by. Uh, be sure and take a look uh, off to the side whenever you drop past the high town or uh, uh, the food, food bank. bank. Mm-hmm. And then uh, don't forget on August fourth and sixth at the sports center is the 4-H mm-hmm. uh, annual expo. And uh, one of the things too to bring uh, some of our gardeners up to speed on is uh, a lot of folks know about this and a lot of folks don't. But, you know, Facebook has a, you know, David, you and I have talked about Marketplace mm-hmm. yeah, on a lot. Facebook. I use it a lot. Right. Well, there's a there's a site on there, folks. It's called Central Peninsula Farm and Garden Buy, Sell, and Trade. Mm-hmm. And it's all pretty much farming stuff, gardening us. stuff. It's mostly us. Yeah, it's yeah, mostly yeah, yeah. it's mostly <laughs> us, you know. so You can find a lot of weird stuff on yeah, Marketplace. Yeah, and I just recently sold a few things on yeah. it uh be be careful there's always some scammers out there yeah. be careful what you're what you're dealing don't with don't believe it yeah uh but but that's a great uh, place of uh, the central peninsula farm and garden buy sell and trade that's a good one don't forget uh the soldatna progress days is coming up on the mm-hmm. 21st 22nd 23rd of january the january uh, uh january duh well at least it starts with a j <laughs> july <laughs> <laughs> starts with a J. It's only going to feel like January. <laughs> Boy, that's right. It does. It feels like January. And uh, then the uh, the Kenai Peninsula Fair at Nanilchik is August 11th, 12th, and 13th. And there will be some farming stuff down there. The The kids yep. will have their livestock. Yep. You know, so that's, uh, that's always a good time to go down to that. And, folks, we're always talking, too, about resources mm-hmm. for you to, yep, to do some to things. And one of the, one of the places... Uh, we always talk about the UAF Extension Center. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that a lot. G- go to the UAF Extension Center. They've got every document you can think of for growing in Alaska. Isn't that right next to, uh, right near uh, Poppy on K Beach? Is that yeah, what we're yeah. talking about? Yeah, okay. it's uh, by their right there, Fish and Game. Yeah. Uh, that's where, where Casey works. Yeah. You know, uh, Casey Matney is in that office. And uh, that is the place to go. Uh, but but their website has more documents than you can think about for gardening in Alaska. But another place that you can get some really good information is, uh, beside we've talked about the Kenai Peninsula Soil and Water Conservation District mm-hmm. and uh, renting equipment. If you've got garden farm equipment you want to rent, that's through Sarah at Kenai Feed. Check with them. When I saw that, I was that was news to me. I didn't realize you could actually do that. Yeah. Uh, but another place to look for educational items and learning uh, about gardening is the Homer Soil and Water Conservation District. They have classes. Uh, you know, now, uh, most of their classes are on site, so you'd have to make a drive to Homer to to the uh, Kenai Peninsula College, Catchamac that's, that's, Bay campus. That's not a great burden. No, that's no, not too that, much that, of a burden. You, know, you can always go down there for a pizza. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Get you get you a pizza. And... Uh, and one of the things that, that today might be a fun thing to go to, and uh, Marty and I are thinking about going to it. We're not sure yet. But today at the Soldatna Library from mm. 3 to 4, Sarah at Sarah's Alaska Honey, she's doing a backyard beekeeping class. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, today at the library. Yeah. And for you folks that know Sarah, Sarah has always supported the Garden Club. Right, right. Sarah is a wonderful person. She's a wonderful beekeeper. But anyway, that's from 3 to 4 today at the Soldat in the Library, backyard beekeeping. And whether you're going to get bees or not, it's an interesting um, thing to sit through. And she can also help you with 
you know, the pollinators that you grow uh, for your garden and for our for our plants. So so that is that's today. That's like, the least you should know is what to plant. Yeah, that that's part of the least you should mm-hmm. know and what to mm-hmm. plant. So, well, there's a few things we're we're talking about today, David, and uh, I know. Uh, I know you. Uh, you've got granddaughters, yeah, and it's it's really been uh, nice, folks, to see uh, his youngest granddaughter, Bella. Yeah, what is she? Nine? Yeah, eight? ten. Ten she, now. Yeah, ten, and uh, she's she's the one that that uh, wanted tomatoes and cucumbers, and so I'm growing to, with her help. Uh, tomatoes and cucumbers. <laughs> right, and I was at she, David's just the other she, day, and he's got he's got nice little about two inch, three inch it, long cubes. It's the cutest little thing. Yeah, she doesn't let them get much longer than that. But uh, these are she eats. Uh, uh, she literally cuts them up and and uses them as a snack. Um, but mostly, I, I just it's just a big kick watching kids involve themselves in in growing anything. You know, just she has to come over and water them. I do water them occasionally, but she does. Comes over waters. She comes over with her uh, Q-tip. The funniest. I mean, so she's doing her her cucumbers. Oh, pollinating yeah, them. Yeah, very yeah, cool. Yeah, and I and I know David had asked me a long time ago. Uh, that Bella was asking when we could when when can I put my tomatoes and my cucumbers outside and I said never never <laughs> uh, especially this year so yeah. David's got them kind of on a little sunroom on the front of his house right and they're really doing pretty well they're fine they're just fine they're fine yeah. but it also makes you think about boy I that my that little porch that I closed in is nice but it should be five times the size if it was it would be really nice you know and so i'm not rebuilding my cabin for any reason but if i built a new one i know how i'd do it yeah but yeah it's really nice and and the reason why i like that so much uh bella's a a, a nice sweet cute young lady uh, but it's nice to see kids get enthused yep. with gardening yep. and you know it's it's and even adults do that you know one of the one of the best cartoons you can see is people they they plant the seeds in their garden and then they're out there an hour later looking at them going when and when when it, are we going to eat it, why isn't it coming up yet yeah when are you we know? Eat? so kids kids are really good at that although Alaskan I've learned a lot uh, again from my daughter as well is uh, canning uh, I don't I th- I don't know if you can be a genuine Alaskan if you don't do jelly uh, yeah from something you know um, yeah so there's an ethic here that we can appreciate and celebrate. Uh, but also, you know, join the garden club and learn how to do it. Because I can't think of any better place to learn how to garden than to simply be a member of the garden right. club. And David, remind folks of uh, the new season coming yes, up. Yes, we've got, yeah, well, <coughs> the, um, <coughs> excuse me, you didn't get to September, but September 16th in our calendar right. is the first fall meeting of the garden club. And we're going to have it at our new location, which is the uh, Kenai Peninsula College um, on College Road off of Kay Beach. Can't miss it. Easy to get there. And um, it'll be September 16th at 1 o'clock. And I, we'll have our first speaker of the year, which isn't, hasn't been announced yet. But that's the same day as the Harvest Moon Festival. So we would like to think of those two events being coordinated and celebrating each other. And you should be doing both 
go to the Harvest Moon Festival, and then end up coming out and having a, a great time with the Garden Club at our new and our first event of the year at the uh, college. Yeah, and that'll be neat. And, uh, uh, you know, it's not, uh, the, we're going to the college. It's not because we weren't happy with other no, places. Just no. a, the college seemed like a good place to go. They got great audiovisual equipment. It's all turnkey. You yeah. Know, it's wonderful uh, space. Uh, they have lots of different events in the same sure. space. And we are really appreciate being one of them. Yeah, that's uh, great. You know, the, college, the college is a great asset for the community. It is. It is. Yeah, that's that's really. And, you know, folks, one thing one thing I usually announce, uh, you know, uh, now granted this kind of weather, but, you know, I've announced before the uh, the uh, the slash pile place just north of the soccer fields where you can take your Mm -hmm. beetle kill and your brush. But, you know, another place that I just recently discovered Mm. and it is when you're going uh, towards Kenai on K Beach and you come up to Poppy Lane and you turn to the right which would be kind of to the east. Mm-hmm. Up uh, toward the college, actually. Yeah, right? yeah. well... Uh, turn right? Yeah, yeah, you turn right on Poppy yeah. Lane. You can get to the college that way, yeah. too, if you want to. But uh, one, and I can't remember the name of who it is, but one of the local contractors has a big dump area back there. Huh. And you'll see uh, there's a sign right at the head of Poppy Lane when you turn right, and it'll tell you so-and-so company place to dump brush and everything and you keep going back there and you have to watch out because then their signage isn't the best but there's these signs it's a little red arrow Mm. just on a sign it's a red arrow and it's Mm -hmm. easy to see follow those arrows and you'll get back into a back place that looks like it's an old gravel pit or an old something or other well one of the things I, i drove back there to check it out and one of the things for instance that the the uh, I don't know about the one north of, of, of Kenai, but the soldat in the landfill will not accept stumps. Right. They won't accept right. stumps. Right, no, I saw that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell no you stumps. what. I'll tell you, at this place I went back there, and there was a couple piles of stumps huh. that they let the people dump there. And there's nobody monitoring I, it. I, and, and, and explain to me why I would ever want your stump. What is this? I mean, he's going to burn them up, right? He's well, gonna... he's either going to burn them or use them as fill. That's not a very good, okay, Phil. Uh, well, you're, yeah. you're right. In a, yeah. in a certain number of years, wood down <laughs> deep, it'll finally rot, and you'll sink, right. and you got to bring more yeah. gravel in. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to burn yeah. or what, but there was a little bit of asphalt back there, a little okay. bit of concrete. Okay, anything, wor- anything that'll get me but out of I the saw, mud. But I saw a pile of stumps back mm. there. So yeah. that's another place to locate. And like I said, if there's any questions, look at that sign to see the name of the company. Oh, and this might be a good point where you can explain explain how to get a burn permit well but, we've talked about that before yeah you go you? you go online yeah okay and be, it's easy it's an online oh yeah thing. It's, it's real easy it's a small scale burn permit yeah. and there's a phone number you call every day but that you want to burn yeah, yeah. to make sure there's no burn suspensions cool. well we haven't had a single burn suspension this year <laughs> <laughs> why is that yeah no kidding no kidding <laughs> why, why is that, that? Yeah. you know so Anyway, folks, some of the other things I wanted to talk about today, and I, David, I don't know if you grow them, but, you know, one of the things that, uh, as a gardener, we all know is we like to plant flowers in addition to vegetables. Yep. I've been more of a vegetable planter, but some people love to plant flowers, and they don't plant very many right. vegetables. They love of flowers. Course. Well, one of the things that I learned some years back, I've always liked to grow petunias. Mm-hmm. They're so pretty. There's so many varieties 
particularly like the night sky petunias that that uh, they're a proprietary petunia. They're blue and black and ruby with white dots on them, and they call them night sky because mm-hmm. they look like mm-hmm. stars in the sky and that stuff. But one of the things to do is when you when you've got your plants, it's how to deadhead them. Mm-hmm. You know, is uh, and petunias are pretty easy to tell that with they 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 grow, they're beautiful, and then they kind of start to shrivel down. Well, it's one of the easiest things you can do that it keeps your petunias healthy, they're bright, they're blooming bigger than ever, is to deadhead them on a regular basis. And it's one of the most popular flowering. So explain this to me. How, if I had a, a pot with petunias in it, when am I going to want to start squeezing their little heads? Well, you, like I said, you will notice them. They'll, they'll <laughs> grow, they'll be pretty, and then all of a sudden, they'll kind of start to fold in on themselves. Okay. And you can go in there in that little spot where they're growing out of, that little bud area. Mm-hmm. You can just use your fingernail and snip that whole thing off. Okay. And what that does is that puts more energy somewhere else. And uh, you want to, you know, like I said, you want to keep your... They'll, they'll, they'll flush again. Oh, yeah. They will, they will come out. Uh, but in the spring, you know, they get all that energy and life in sure. them. And uh, they got a massive amount of blooms. Uh, in fact, uh, early season petunias uh, bloom so heavy that it can sometimes be difficult to see their foliage. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. I'll tell you what, one of the places you see some fantastic petunia baskets is at Trinity Greenhouse. Yeah, that's where I've oh seen Oh, my them. gosh. They're just right. They're beautiful. And that's like a rite of spring. Oh, yeah. And when yeah. I've been in there looking at them, and there's just this massive basket of petunias, and I go, how many plants are in there? And they go, oh, just one. Wow. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and it's incredible. So, one of the things I learned with my deadhead and my petunias mm-hmm. is instead of pulling, I tried this, uh, and instead of just pulling it off flower by flower, I had this nice basket. Yeah. I gave, and I mean, it. you can't what, see. What, you gave them a haircut? You can't see the basket anymore. Right. It, they, they <laughs> you know, cascade down. You can't see the basket anymore. Well, I just took it, and I gave it a flat top. Yeah. I cut the entire thing off where there was maybe three inches of stubble sticking out of there with some leaves okay. on this stubble. So you started again with the same and rootstock. I'll t- and I'll tell yeah. you what, it didn't take too long. Mm. That thing went crazy well, again and built another complete whole basket Did you do petunias. a garden shear or what did you use to... Oh, I just used my little hand, oh, hand, hand shears. Oh, just a hand shear, knock, yeah, knock hand off. Shears. So it's carefully done. Yeah, I just... You don't do it with your weed eater. No, I didn't do it with my weed eater. <laughs> I didn't do it with my weed eater. But yeah, I just snipped them off, That's you good. know, or a pair of scissors or something sure, like I said. They were sure. about three inches long in this hanging basket and they came back with a vengeance. And about, oh, when they needed water, about every other week or so, We'd give them, and I've told folks this before, I like to use that miracle Grow stuff that's mm-hmm. blue when you mm-hmm. mix it in yep. the water. Yep. We'd water them with miracle Grow, and I'll tell you what, they came back as beautiful and as big, if not bigger, than they did That miracle Grow is good. It's good in the soil, but it also feeds through the leaves. Yeah. And uh, so it, you know, it's a perfect thing to use. Yeah, I've had real good luck with miracle Grow, yeah. and one of the things I've done in the past, too, that I do is I keep, uh, I've got barrels, uh, black, flat black painted barrels in mm-hmm. my greenhouse mm-hmm. I use as uh, top to, to keep stuff on top. And then I've got one that I fill with water and I put a, a big plastic 55 gallon trash bag in it so it doesn't rust, get rusty yeah, water. Yeah. And then I will make 
uh, it, it, it warm, oh, like that water tea? that water warms mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. and then what i'll do is i'll do the the numbers you know typically it's 55 gallon barrel and that miracle grow is it uh, it says one scoop per gallon right so what i do is in my in my barrel i put 55 scoops of uh-huh. miracle grow and then I fill the barrel up. Is that like a box? Is that how much do you put? Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, it. yeah. yeah like you can buy it in a big box. Yeah, so it's a like yeah, yeah in any big box you, store, anything right. like that. But there's plenty. Yeah, fifty-five scoops, mm-hmm. and then it the water it'll warm up, and you've got warm uh, fertilizing water to war- water your plants with in the greenhouse instead of that cold well water. Yeah, and that works. And then about the time uh, oh the barrel gets down to maybe. A half to three quarters empty. I do a little estimation. I go, okay, I'm going to put 35 scoops in again, and I fill the barrel back up. And I'll tell you what, that's worked well for me over the years. Fertigation. It's, uh, you know, that's how the professionals do it. Yeah, it's worked well for me. It's exactly how the professionals do it. And then, you know, last show we talked about uh, making uh, compost tea. Mm -hmm. You know, but yeah, I, uh, uh, and and sometimes I've actually put in a little uh, into my barrel. I've maybe put in a little uh, that fish emulsion fertilizer sure. too, and I don't depending put a, on the plant. Yeah, I don't put a lot in there. One of the things uh, you got to be careful about having a barrel full of water too is oh. how it gets in there. You never know, but I'm filling it with well water, and algae will still grow. You know. Yeah. Don't uh, you wonder where that's? It's not coming from the well water. It's got to be flying in. Yeah, it, you it's, know, it's got to be in something. The air, I'd, you know? I'm not sure where it's coming. But anyway, one of the things I do. Uh, being an old water guy mm-hmm. is I literally will take just barely a cap of bleach yep and I put it in that water and I mix it up and you know that chlorine actually will oxidize almost immediately right and it's not going to hurt your your plants no, at all no. uh, but it will keep the algae from growing in there that's a good idea you know uh, but yeah you don't want to use too much no but yeah when no, it, no 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 you a little bit is all they can stand. That's right. Uh, just a tiny, like I said, barely a cap full mm-hmm. from a, your bleach container. And that's that's what I do. And like I said, uh, the chlorine oxidizes on any organics that are in that water. And it's almost immediately gone. Now, I can't remember last time I was, look, I was in your greenhouse. Do you have a chair in there? Oh, it's one of my favorite places to sit, especially uh, on a day like today. That's what I'm saying. And let's just think about, let's all think about how we could amplify our living spaces Yeah. by thinking harder about how we do our greenhouses. Yeah. You know, Marty and I, we've got, a, we've got and I've got electric to my greenhouse, but mm-hmm. we've got uh, 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 an electric hot water maker out there, and we keep tea fixings out there. And on a day like today. Sounds wonderful, doesn't it? On a day like today, to have a, a cup of hot tea in the greenhouse and is fantastic. And no matter what, I mean, it may be a little cold, but it'll be humid. Yeah, and that it's a it's a wonderful place to yeah. be. But we were talking a little bit about deadheaded petunias, and one of the one of the things that a petunia plant will do is once once a bloom, once that flower dies, one of the best reasons for nipping that thing off is the plant itself will basically try to heal itself mm-hmm. and start another bloom on that one. Mm-hmm. So. What, by by nipping that off, you actually are getting it to direct its energy somewhere else, and it'll put up a new shoot, and, and it'll grow. So uh, I know a, a lot of our good gardeners, they know to do this. Uh, like I said, my, my wife does them one at a time. I 
You're trying an experiment. Right, right. And, and it, it seems to be working. And it worked. It worked. Yeah. It worked just to give the whole thing a, a haircut. Now, I will have to say the one I gave to a haircut was hanging in my greenhouse. Yeah, so it had a lot going for it. Yeah, it wasn't outdoors. Yeah, it, uh, it was in my greenhouse. Our water-soaked right now, I imagine... We're dealing with a lot of uh, pots that are hanging off of eaves. Yeah, that yeah. are completely soaked. Yeah, and you know, one time we had a we had a petunia uh, basket hanging at a house that we lived in Anchorage, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and I I didn't mess with it too much because a bird decided to put its nest in the there you go in the thing. So we yeah. let we let the little babies fledge and mm-hmm. and go before we messed with it. But uh, to me, that was just a bonus yeah, to have exactly. uh, Mama coming back and forth exactly. and and uh, and do that. So anyway, yeah, uh, regular deadheading of your and pruning back uh, overgrown plants, watering and fertilizing, and you'll have. And it's not just petunias you can do. It's just there's other no, there's it's, other it's flowers. A, it's, a, it's basic horticulture. Right, right, basic horticulture, and you can do that. So, so I was. I know you've got your uh, such a thought. Um, you already mentioned that you do mostly vegetables, but. I've seen recently some gardens that were really impressive. First of all, lots of experimenting with uh, fruit and uh, and vegetables, but a beautiful garden. Now, we not, might not be able to get a lot of use out of it, but it's a wonderful thing to pay attention to as well. It's where are our ornamental plants um, in our ske- you know in our scheme of things? Um, what if you had a high tunnel uh, or any sort of greenhouse? What a companion, you know, ornamental plants would you think of? of yeah, and, and we've talked about that a little, David. That's good to bring that up. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, I like to grow companion plants that also help to deter pests, mm-hmm. you know, like marigolds. Right. We had, uh, we had uh, like I said, I lost some cauliflower plants. So my wife and I, my, well, my wife went out and she planted a bunch of marigolds in the spots where mm-hmm. the uh, where we lost a few we lost some cauliflower plants and we put them around uh, in my garden in the greenhouse uh, a good companion plant like for tomatoes is actually marigolds and sunflowers sunflowers short sunflowers I uh, love sunfl- cer- yeah certain certain pests don't like sunflowers uh, you know so and we like them we like them, and that's a and that's another thing, David. That we have grown for years is sunflowers, and on a typical year by now, our sunflowers should be at least three feet tall. And where are they? They're barely a foot tall right now. Right. It's just. Inc- are they? Are they got any seed heads? Coming? Oh my gosh, no! It's like no. And it's like I said. It's like they're in suspended animation. Yeah, yeah. Now, if they'd have been in the greenhouse, they'd have done great. Right. You know, but outside. And as you drive into our driveway, you know mm-hmm. that little building on the right, mm-hmm, Marty's mm-hmm, little mm-hmm, pot and shed? Mm-hmm. That's where we grow them typically. Uh, outside, am, around there. I that's am, why I don't see them. Right. I amended the soil. I keep a, I keep a little cage over mm-hmm. them to make sure the, the rabbits don't nip them right, down. Right, right. And like I said, normally by this time of year, they're, they're a good three mm. foot or more tall. I don't, I don't really plant the... I have before in the past. I don't plant like the mammoth sunflower. It's yeah. 10 feet tall. Yeah. I've grown those before and done well. But we usually do the ones that get 3 to 5 feet tall. We're, not, we're just doing it for the fun of it. I mean, yeah. we're not pressing any oil out of these. No, no, yeah, it's just Every time for fun. I think of sunflowers, I think of, of Ukraine right now, too. Yeah. You know, they, they have a huge uh, sunflower oil business coming out of 
Ukraine. Yeah. And then what I do is when the seed heads do mature, mm-hmm. I will cut the seed heads off and I'll stick them uh, on a branch on a tree and the birds, For the birds. The birds yep. eat them yep. right off the, yep. the sunflower head. Yep. Yeah. Instead you know, of, uh, although the next place to buy sunflower seeds is from Sarah. Yes, <laughs> that's right. At Kenai Feed, you're not kidding. That's you're right. not kidding. So, but one of the things I wanted to talk about today, too, David, that uh, that all gardeners have a, a, a fight with, and that's weeds. Mm. And one of the things, uh, mainly, besides weeds in your vegetables, uh, it's we how to keep weeds out of your flower bed. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a few simple tips. Uh, it's a constant battle to eliminate weeds from your flower beds. And you pull the weeds, and I don't know about you, but I'm, I like to use the phrase, I'm getting old enough where the ground is getting farther and farther away, mm-hmm. and I hate to get down on it. It hurts my back, and we all know it's just part of gardening. That's what though. those garden stools are for. That's right. That's right. But we spend a lot of time, effort, and expense. We plant, we water, we fertilize. And only to watch weeds pop up uh, without any planted effort or, or at all. And I, I think I can't remember the saying that that uh, 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 I think a, a, what is it like a, a weed is only a plant that we haven't figured out how to domesticate. Or, or a plant in the wrong spot. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's has its uh, yeah. They are, um, but they. Uh, it's another case of uh, gardening in Alaska. Is you know where do where your cleared line starts and stops. I, I'm looking forward to figuring out how to make the rest of the garden. Uh, uh, there's nothing more beautiful than Alaska in the fall with the understories that are are becoming just beautiful red and, and bronze, you know, leaves. Oh, yeah. In yeah. the understory. Well, that looks like a garden to me. And so I'm, I'm going to be working on figuring out how, and it may be uh, people have already tried, but how to start finding the weeds that I prefer and encouraging them, you know, the un- the natural understory that we are all, yeah. you know, dealing with. And you know, with. you know, one of the most beautiful weeds that they're invasive is uh, wild. I believe they're bachelor buttons or called mountain bluet, mm-hmm. and they're absolutely beautiful. A bright, spindly blue flower. I actually dug some up uh, out of the the woods, uh, not too far from my house, and planted them and. Uh, they come back every year. We're dealing with managing, you know, uh, everything that man does is managing nature in one direction or another. Right. So why not try to manage what we're never going to change? And that right. is, yeah, it's most exactly of, right. Most of Alaska. But you know, weeds, uh, they they're unsightly. Mm. You can have this beautiful flower bed, and you got it full of weeds. They steal the nutrients and yep. moisture from the soil. Yeah. They're just. So hire 16-year-olds? That's one way to do have, it. Have more children? That's <laughs> one way to do it. Have the, have the neighbor kids come over and weed? What's your, but what's what, your answer? One of, the, one of the things is to, is to keep your soil covered. Mm. And when I say covered, that means mulch. Yeah. And one of the things people forget about is mulch, don't use mulch that is so finely ground it's almost like soil. You want to use big mulch. Mm-hmm. Now, Chips. some of the best mulch up here would be actually, well, we can get a lot of it up mm-hmm. here with all the dead beetle kill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but people don't put enough mulch in their gardens. And what you're trying to do, first off, you're trying to 
to uh, strangle out mm -hmm. the weeds. But if you have too fine a mulch, it acts more like soil, and the weed seeds that get they in like there, it fine. they like it just fine. Yeah. And most people don't put enough mulch in their gardens. You need maybe four to six inches of good mulch, big mulch. You know, and that, and I mean, uh, what what I've done, and, and folks know this, I've told them before, is I've called the local tree grinding guys, mm -hmm. the tree guys. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, Carlos's Tree Service. Over the years, I've had a couple of giant loads of chips right. that they grind up when they're taking trees out. Yep. And they will bring it, if they're in your area, if you get on their list, they will say, hey, can we drop off a load of chips? They'll do it for nothing because if, if you're in the area, if you're in the air, they're not yeah, going to drive right. halfway across no, the peninsula. No. But but if if they're taking trees out in your area and you get on their list, they might give you a call. Well, I've gotten two loads, and they just back that truck up and it dumps in a location uh, where you point, where I point, <laughs> and they dump it there for you, and you got yards. Yeah. yards yeah. of good yeah. big chips that's a great advice yeah and i hope we don't now overload that guy's uh, oh they've got a lot they uh, they've the, got a lot of people that, okay. that want that stuff they've got a yes and get on the list right you know so so anyway what you do is you you get your your mulch mm -hmm. your chips out mm -hmm. there could it put a good big layer and that'll deter you might get some that come but but what it does is the weeds really prefer soil obviously yep. well the weed seeds that are down underneath they have trouble breaking through the mulch mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then the seeds that might fall on top of the mulch they really don't have a very good place they're to, on stony to, ground to set to yes. set root yes. right now yes. uh one and i've mentioned i mention her a lot uh but bobby and harold out at bobby uh, jackson's mm -hmm. uh one of the things she firmly believes in, and she's got almost all her flowers and perennials and everything with uh, garden fabric. Yes. You know, like the tie par. Sure. And sure. she does that because she doesn't like to fight any weeds that do come up in between her flowers and everything. Yeah, it's time you can spend doing something else. Right. Yeah. If and, you're going to avoid, if you're going to avoid them all together, then you're, you're yeah you're better off. You know. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, some folks, they use the tie par, mm -hmm. and then they might put some gravel in there to make mm -hmm. it pretty and everything. It will hold it down. Yeah, it help hold it down and all yeah. that stuff. But, uh, uh, yeah, you gotta you got to put your mulch in really thick because uh, once a weed finds bare soil, they'll sprout, take root, and then you, yeah, here they come. Not the point. That wasn't the point of starting the garden. That's right. That's right. So... Mulch, it's got, and it does other things. You know, it breaks down. It helps regulate soil temperature. It keeps the moisture sure. in your garden. And it adds, like I said, it adds mute, uh, nutrients to the soil, and you add a little bit more. It breaks down. Gives you more yeah, soil eventually. Yeah, it breaks down, and it But does. that wasn't the point of putting it there in the first place. I don't think you should imagine that you're going to make any soil out of it. Right. Um, and one of, the th one of the things, too, you need to not do is some people feel the need to turn their mulch. Mm. Once you put it down... No. Don't they feel like they need to aerate it or something like no, that? Well, that, all you're doing then is you're you're putting weed seeds down closer to the soil, exactly. where they're potentially going to take root. But and you plant into that soil. Uh, let's say you get yourself a bunch of uh, two-inch pots, in a you know in the spring to plant. You're you're making a, a hole with your trowel and planting into that mulch, getting your 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 new plant down into the soil. Right, and it doesn't. 
the fact that it's you've got that much mulch, you don't plant in the mulch, you plant into the soil. Right. Okay. And then and then the neat part about getting the big piles of chips mm-hmm. is over time your mulch is going to start to compress a little bit sure. and you can always get it put in, add a little another yep. inch or so layer to it yep. and keep it built up and your plants in the spring uh they'll they'll come right up through it and the idea is to not look at a field of mulch but just look at the flowers that right. you intended to see right and then and the shrubs that's right yeah all that good stuff you know and one of the one of the biggest things too that you can do is besides mulch is just put more flowers in the bed yes you know you you get get, get more results faster right you shade out everybody that's else. right everybody's shaded yep. out and you get and all not, these potential perennials right in your bed and there's no room for the weeds to grow then nope. exactly you know and then the you whole do that idea mulching. of mulch is to have the plant that you intend to have super you know succeed to a point where the weeds can't catch up right they, you know they can't but a, a thick planting of annuals yep. and perennials that's literally the best defense yep. Yep. of crowding out and preventing future and don't, weeds don't plant a petunia 24 inches on center right (laughs) yeah yeah you know but but it's uh yeah that's one of the best ways to do it and i know one of the things i've done and it's been through the years Mm -hmm. at our at our current house is that front garden david you know that's right along the side of our house uh this year i will plant even more bulbs and and perennials into that for the next year yeah for next summer and i'll i'll see a couple of spots like well, not much is happening there, but there's grass and weeds there. Mm-hmm. So I'll manually take out some of that grass, and I will get some perennials, yep. and uh, and and do that. And we don't really mess too much with annuals in an, in our outdoor garden. I try to get nothing but perennials mm-hmm. in there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's the same way we've got uh, at the back of the house. We've got five uh, peony plants, mm-hmm. and. Uh, They've they're about got them from Wayne and Patty at Cool Cash, uh-huh. and they've done fantastic. I've I've followed their directions on how to grow these, and uh, boy, Wayne and Patty know what's going on with with. Did PMs. you see that report where the whole industry is suffering from the weather that we're having? Oh right yeah, now? yeah, yeah. And and who knew? I didn't know until recently that that uh, that's actually a money crop in in uh, Alaska. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, down in the lower down in the lower forty eight. Those folks, uh, peonies or peonies, I mean, mm-hmm. in the Ozarks, it's peonies, peonies. <laughs> <laughs> is their, their plants are up, harvested, and cut back to the ground already. Right. And ours up here, uh, the biggest, the biggest uh, supplier, uh, they all go to the customer is to Japan. Really? For weddings. Oh. Right. And Wayne and Patty and, and the co-ops down in Homer, right. uh, a good friend of ours that Marty used to work with, yep. a, a, a cardiology nurse, she's got a little peony. Well, you went down there and helped me yeah, water yeah, the no, plants one time. Yep. When she yep. was gone, we went down yep. and watered plants. Well, Wayne and Patty have got this figured out, man, out at Cool Cash. They pick them. They go into a refrigerator, they ship them out, mm-hmm. and the vast majority of them up here go apparently go to Japan for weddings. That is very cool. Because the ones from the lower 48, they're done. Yeah, yeah. And if you're looking for them, this is where they are. This That's is right. where you're going to find them. That's right. It's where you're going to find I, them. I just, uh, just to speak to our relationship with Japan, I think it should be a lot closer. Um, we fly you know, we fly to New York City all the time. We'll go the other direction here in Tokyo. 
Oh, I thought you used to say closer. Well, it's going to take a little time for continental drift to get us a little closer. Yeah, Japan, yeah, yeah. So. But I mean, by in these aluminum tubes <laughs> oh, that we okay, fly around. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, the that if you go if you uh, are collecting your Alaska Airline points, uh, you start looking at uh, cheap, 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 cheap flights to uh, Japan. Yeah, but it would be fun to get a closer relationship with them. Yeah, but anyway, you know when we're we're talking about keeping weeds out of your garden, and I'm doing that with my I've got like I said I've got five peony plants Mm -hmm. along our back deck, Mm -hmm. and there's spaces in between them. Right, and uh, I've got a few things in between them, but I'm going to be cleaning that up this year, getting some perennials planted in there. Get some mulch. Get some mulch, and they'll be ready to go, and they'll come up just fine. What do you have left of your last pile of mulch? Nothing? Oh, no. I've got, I probably got a couple yards of mulch okay, left. Okay, still left. So. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's even neater about it is, uh, you know, you can't use it all at once. No. And it does kind of compost a little bit. Sure. So what I'll do is uh, I'll mix it up, and, and it's still just fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine mulch. It's got big enough chunks of wood in there. Yeah. Uh, but, but what what you might not want to put on the garden, you put into the compost pile. Right. I assume. Yeah. Right. Right. You know. But but yeah, that uh, that stuff works great. But yeah, I'm I'm planning next year on getting my front flower bed and my backyard by the, the peonies, uh, where I don't have to bend down, where I don't have to do anything, <laughs> and good for you some perennials come up in between yep. the peonies and and typically you know like right now some daffodils that are coming up mm-hmm. those things are up and done yeah. by the time the peonies start to put their Look. buds on and our peonies are full of buds right now but they haven't opened up right you know uh so anyway that's a but that's a good way to, but yeah fill fill those fill that garden with plants mm-hmm. just fill it and that in itself will will knock out will, the, will knock the competition out the and, and folks I, I know i've told you this before uh but david is a retired landscape architect and the only difference is he did all his work in florida yeah now a, a but up here difference. yeah up here in alaska the principles can be the same but it's just different plants of course you know yeah we, we well you have to know a lot more about uh, about the, the seasons here and when things start and stop but the principle uh, uh, that's one of the points i was trying to make is that uh when we think about living with our gardens how to design our sites so that they're integral to us not just an offset you know not something that's just on the outskirts of whatever we thought we were buying as a house yeah how to integrate the garden spaces uh nicely and there are people who know and have done that wonderfully and we um one of the things the garden club does is uh garden tours during the summer um and i would definitely go to the um you know see whether or not as members you get emails saying hey we're doing a, a garden tour but join the garden club and get on their mailing list and hear about these gardens that you'll never see otherwise these are private gardens that you know, sign up and are allowed to for that one day uh, go and take a look at and it's a wonderful way to learn how people have integrated their vegetables with their flowers with their buildings with their whole site design right and you know one of the things that's neat about gardening as we've talked about many times david is no matter how many years you've been gardening there's always something new to learn that somebody else you you sit there and you go on some of these garden tours like i never thought of that that's a hell of an idea that's right 
That's right. And how, how uh, you know, uh, I'm thinking about uh, what I might have as, in terms of a moose fence. Well, I've seen some beautiful moose fences uh, that aren't just a bunch of uh, six by six welded wire, but rather a real nice design element to your whole home. And uh, so there's, there's a lot of things to think about that are fun to think about, not just, you know, burdensome. Right. And David, I just uh, we just got a, a, an email from Sharon Roche, okay. and she's asking uh, slug-resistant mulch for potatoes to grow in. Well, now I don't, I well, don't, Sharon, I don't know of anything like that. I would, uh, I've, ne- I don't know if there's anything slug resistant in Alaska at all. Do they? Can they climb up into your five-gallon bucket? Yeah, if the slugs are out there. One of the things you can do, though, uh, to deter the roaches, besides uh, roaches, mm-hmm. slugs, is, uh, you know, people use a thing called sluggo, mm-hmm. and that deters them, but. One of the things you can do, too, is eggshells around everything. Mm. You want them real small, you know, and uh, that's another subject. You know, you put eggshells in with your tomatoes and your calcium-loving plants, but when you put an eggshell just into the ground, uh, it doesn't just necessarily break down immediately for the plant to use. So if you put those, what I do with mine is I put them in an old food processor, an old coffee grinder Uh I've got, uh turns them literally into powder. Oh. And it and it actually helps well, them. That's for the plant. But that's for the do plant. Do the slugs but hate the powder? They, they hate all of it. They hate all <laughs> of it. So if you if you've know. got enough eggshells, you can grind them down pretty small, not necessarily powder size. Yeah. But I put them all around your potato plants. Slugs slugs hate. Now you're growing your potatoes in containers, right? Uh, right. And 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 uh, that seemed to be the smartest thing I've ever seen. But. Uh, slugs can can somehow get it into. Oh, they can container. climb up the side of those, yeah. They, and and they will, and so you still have to deal with sluggo, or you need to deal with with uh, eggshells or something in your five gallon buckets. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I've never had them in there. I've never, well, you that's, know, an argu- that's an argument for how to grow potatoes. Yeah, where where I typically get slugs that you have to find them is like with your cabbage. Sure, it, but that, that they're a natural item in the in nature. But if you are doing container plantings, right, you can do you're way ahead. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Oh, well, folks, you know what that means? No. Yeah, Octopus's Garden. We're we're getting down to the end of the show. Uh, Golly, I, I can't believe this much time has it passed. It goes, goes fast. It does go fast, doesn't it? And uh, boy, we've had uh, we've had a lot of fun today. And David, thanks for coming on with me. And Glad Sharon, to. Uh, uh, try that. You know, and one of the things I was going to look at if we had time. I, I like I said, I've never heard of slug resistant slug resistant mulch, but you might just do. You know, we can find everything can be found on the internet. Yeah. Uh, just do a search and, for. Uh, Slug-resistant mulch, and and one of the best things too is uh, come to our garden club meetings. Yep. And uh, some there's of the folks, a, there's five guys there that knows exactly what you. Yeah, do. you know, and and, uh, and, and the extension uh, service, folks. Yeah, the extension service, and folks, if uh, if you know that, uh, email us at growingagreenerkeenai uh, at kdll.org, and we'll uh, bring put that on the air the next time. Right. And we'll see, we'll see what. Uh, what we got going on so anyway uh thanks for listening this is listener supported public radio for the central kenai peninsula kdll 91.9 fm kenai and Saldana. thanks again david and we'll see you next time folks thanks a lot